Information presented on this program and by its guests is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized investment advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information and may not be suitable for members of the listening audience. A professional advisor, attorney, or tax professional should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Are you retired or getting close? Welcome to Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally, where it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedom you need to live your dream retirement. Are there challenges on the way? You bet. Inflation, the economy, and the ups and downs of today's markets will try to rob you of your dreams. But take heart and take notes, because what you're about to learn will put you on the winning side of life for the rest of your life. Now, here's the host of Retirement Lifestyles, Patrick McNally. Hello, everybody. Patrick McNally here, your favorite financial advisor. I want to welcome you to the Retirement Lifestyle Show. This is where it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedom to live your dream retirement. Now, if you are already retired or you're getting close and you've been sacrificing, you've been saving into retirement accounts like your IRA, your 401k, maybe a 403b, this is the show for you. Because guys, I am here to talk about money. Specifically, I'm here to talk about how to generate income in retirement, which is the most important thing to be planning for. But I'm going to teach you about all six of the core areas of financial planning. Stuff like insurance, budgeting, how to pick investments, retirement-specific planning, saving on taxes, and how to leave a legacy through estate planning. Now, what I'm going to be doing is I rotate these topics each and every month. And over time, you're going to learn how to build an amazing plan for retirement. But again, the most important thing you're going to learn is how to create an income stream that is safe, predictable, and can increase every year, no matter what that pesky market does. But let me tell you about this. I love income, and what better income is there than tax-free income? And I want to teach you about how to achieve what I call tax freedom in retirement so that you don't have to worry about when Uncle Sam comes knocking and starts changing all the rules, coming for your retirement savings, you know, just because he can't balance his own checkbook, afford all of his unfunded promises. But here's the deal. Most people would agree with me when I say that taxes really only have one way to go in the future, and that is up. So learning how to control future taxation is a key piece to every retirement plan. So I'm the owner of Retirement Lifestyles Advisory Group, which is an independent, registered investment 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 investment. It's an investment advisory firm specializing in retirement income strategies for people who are currently retired or getting close. And for over 22 years now, I've helped people just like you plan for an amazing retirement. And I've been talking about it on the radio now for over 12. And what I have found is this, you guys. People worry in retirement. They worry about their income, health care, inflation, the stock market, higher taxes, all this stuff floating around. Does that sound familiar? Are you worried about any of those things? If you are, I want you to hear this. It's normal. You are not alone. I don't want you to feel bad about that. But I'm going to tell you this. You can actually control those fears, or you can probably eliminate them altogether. And the best way to do it is with a plan. So I'm going to help you build that plan, guide you through this giant puzzle-like maze we call retirement. But you need to remember that planning isn't a one-time thing. Uh Uh-uh. Nope. You need to review your plan. Maybe every single 
month or every year, update it, sometimes change it throughout the year to, to match your current goals. All right, you guys, we're kicking off the month of May 2023. The topic of the month is retirement goals and values. I'm going to be touching on values, legacy, your true meaning of money. And today's specific topic is personal and professional goals. And then next, I'm going to head into my mailbag segment and then into IRA FAQs. And finally, I'm going to wrap up the show with some action items that you can implement right away. Does that sound good? You can also visit patrickmcnally.com. You can order a free copy of my book um, do that during the show or during you know during the breaks or or uh, or that kind of thing get you a free copy of the book and while you're there schedule a free 30-minute strategy call with me personally and I'll answer any of your retirement planning questions all right let's get this show going time to refill your coffee go grab your pen and notepad and I'll be back in one minute don't touch that dial Patrick will be right back. Hey guys, pardon the quick interruption. I'll get back to the show in just a minute. But I want to give you the opportunity to get a free copy of my book, Retirement Planning 101, A Simple Guide to Navigating Retirement. It's eight chapters packed with tips and strategies on how to prepare for an awesome retirement. I go through investments, estate planning, social security, and more. Simply visit patrickmcnally.com and request a copy. That website again is patrickmcnally.com. Throughout the book, I'm going to explain the importance of planning ahead and focusing on income strategies that are going to set you up for success and lead you to a retirement lifestyle of abundance. I'll also be teaching you about the Retirement Lifestyles Income Plan, my custom financial planning process and investment strategy with the objective of providing inflation-adjusted income for life. This book is packed with all kinds of strategies, and you can get your free copy right now at patrickmcnally.com. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. Okay, guys, welcome back to the show. If you're just joining me, thank you. This is Retirement Lifestyles. I'm your host, Patrick McNally. And we're going to launch into uh, my first segment on personal and professional goals. Now, if you didn't hear my introduction monologue there, the monthly show topic um, for the month of May is retirement, retirement goals and values. And so today I wanted to talk about specifically personal and professional goals and really the importance of setting up goals in retirement. Now, a lot of you may be thinking, you know, why do I need to set goals in retirement? Isn't kind of the point of retiring to just relax and have like no responsibilities and, you know, smash my alarm clock? Well, yeah, um, but also I would say mainly no. Because let me tell you this, putting some goals together, you know, like formulating your goals, it's going to give you something to focus on. It's going to give you something to really go after. It's like it's like a target. And I've been told this by a whole lot of people is that it can really actually add purpose to your life. One of the things I hear most often when people retire is that they they feel like they lose a major sense of identity. And it makes perfect sense. I mean, especially if you've worked you know, in my area of Northern California, you know, I have a number of clients who literally worked for the same company 
for 35, 40 years. And when you do that, you know, your, your life is completely invested in that company. And so your identity is invested in that company and, you know, who you are. And so it can oftentimes be a real shock to the system when you retire and you kind of wake up and go, hmm, well, um, I used to just have a two-day weekend. Now I've got a seven-day weekend. What am I going to do? So putting some goals together can really, you know, give you, like I said, that sense of focus and, and adding some identity, adding some purpose back to your life. And it's been studied, guys, that, that setting goals can actually lead to a happier and a healthier retirement. So now don't worry, I'm not going to like get so crazy on you that, you know, you don't have any freedoms to do the stuff that you want. That's what retiring is all about. You want to be able to still have that, that freedom, the opportunity to relax, the opportunity to be spontaneous and do whatever it is that you want. That's retirement. That's the whole point. But I also want you to feel like, you know, you can still feel accomplished at the end of the day. And it's kind of like having your cake and eat it too, right? You're going to have some goals, much like, I know you had goals when in your professional life when you worked or, you know, whatever it is you did before you retired. You, you had targets to hit. You had things you had to do. Well, it's the same thing in retirement, but now you can have a little more fun doing it because you got the freedom to be spontaneous with it. So I wanted to walk through today. I'm going to give you seven steps to achieve those retirement goals. And like I said before, there's all kinds of research that can, that suggests that retirees should be more proactive if you really want to have that happy and abundant retirement. And so managing your free time oftentimes has far more significant impact on your quality of life than really just the amount of time that you have. I hope that made sense. You know, just time for leisure activities. So making sure that you have some of these goals and in, in, in managing your free time, you know, when you put these things side by side, you put free time, free time management and then your quality of life next to each other, when you can manage your time, that's the goal setting that's going to help shape attitudes, um, scheduling in your life, you know, the different techniques that you're going to use to, to hit your goals. That's going to lead to the quality to a to a superior quality of life. That's going to give you that emotional and psychological value, physical value, um, that social value when you're out, you know, with your friends and family and relationships. It all ties together. In other words, it's not just about having more time to do what you want. It's about making sure that you spend that leisure time in a way that aligns with your life's goals. And there's really kind of three main reasons why. Um, someone would want to set life goals in retirement. Number one, like I said, it gives you a sense of direction. Because let's face it, life can, can be pretty kind of crazy sometimes and can be overwhelming, especially during retirement. It can kind of seem like there's so much to do now and so little time to do it. I often hear that, like, I'm busier now in retirement than I was when I was working, you know? And, and where do you begin? And a lot of times it can be overwhelming and, and make you feel like you're stuck, and if you don't have some sort of life goal set, it can be pretty easy to just kind of get lost in the shuffle and then just go through the daily motions of life. And the next thing you know, it's day after day and then week after week. And then you kind of you 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 kind of wake up and go, geez, I've been retired for six months and I don't feel like I got I've I've done anything. So having specific life goals can help give you that sense of direction. And it's also gonna help you measure your progress along the way. 
Because honestly, retirement is, is no different. And in fact, the sense of direction, it's more critical as you age because it can really impact your physical as well as your mental health. Number two, it's going to help you see the big picture. When you set your life goals specifically for retirement, it kind of forces you to take a step back and look at the whole picture, the big picture, if you will, which really allows you the important advantage of seeing your life now as this journey. And, you know, I often say you, you wouldn't you wouldn't just, you know, jump in the car and, and like start trekking across the country without, you know, looking at a map or planning, planning a route, you know, sitting down with a map. I know it gets so easy with GPS these days, but you know what I mean when you like you map out where it is that you want to go. It's the same thing when you get into retirement. You don't want to just wake up every day and be like, eh, what am I going to do today? No, you want to have a map. You want to have a plan of action. And then you want to take the necessary steps to achieve whatever goals that you have in mind. And some people oftentimes resist setting goals because they're afraid of, of not hitting them, you know, or not hitting their targets. And I think you're totally missing the point when you do that. You know, you, you don't want to, it's not like you're going to put yourself in a position where you might not succeed. It might feel that way. But I think that that's often some backwards thinking there because if you don't set goals, you're pretty much guaranteed to fail because you never, you actually never give yourself a chance to succeed. My dad used to say, you can't hit a target that you can't see. And that's, that's that whole idea of, of setting those goals and seeing where it is that you want to, you want to end up. Number three, it's going to give you control over your future. Setting goals is essential for taking control of your life and really shaping what you want your future to be in retirement. And when you set goals, you're actually proactively taking charge of your life. You know, when you're working, you kind of had that laid out for you, right? You had to be at work at a certain time. You went to lunch at a certain time. You took a break at a certain time. And then you went home at a certain time. It was kind of laid out for you. But once you get to retirement, you are in control. You are the captain of your own ship. You get to chart the course and... You know, it can be real easy to procrastinate stuff. We're all human. It can be real easy just to set stuff off. And I think that's a lot of times when people feel like they're just kind of floating around at sea. They're drifting. And so this again goes back to setting those goals is going to help you have some sense of control in your life. And obviously there's going to be bumpy waters. I guess now I'm in this like sailing metaphor, if you will. There's going to be like, you know, bumpy waters. There's going to be, you know, uh, setbacks and obstacles all along the way. And having a plan and a course of action is just going to help you get through those. It's going to give you more of a sense of clarity, you know, when, when stuff starts getting kind of hard that you can rely on and eventually continue to make forward progress um, to your dreams. And so again, I kind of want to go through this idea of how to actually set your goals because honestly, no two people are alike. I've been doing this for over 22 years now and everybody's goals and ideas for retirement are completely different, which honestly makes my job so much fun because hearing and, and getting to share and experience a lot of these goals with my clients um, it's just a whole lot of fun. Everybody's got that different definition of success, and it's no it's no different when it comes to retirement. So really, when you take this step back and look at the, the big picture, you want to get clear on what retirement, abundance, retirement success means for you. 
because only then can you really begin to set the right goals to help you achieve it for your situation. And if you're looking to set some of those goals and you you want some help getting started, obviously I just want to mention again, you can always reach out to, to me, my office, visit patrickmcnally.com, schedule a phone call. We'd love to answer any questions that you have about that. So just remembering that setting those goals, setting goals is different than trying than just achieving them. Once you've got that clarity in setting your goals, then I'm going to get into now the seven steps to help you achieve those goals. So those are two separate things. I want to make that clear. So setting up your goals, again, is, is sitting down, get out the old yellow pad, if you will, and saying, hey, let's, let's really map out you know, these things that maybe have been in your head for years. What am I going to be doing? You know, what, what, what are the things that I couldn't wait to do? Once I got to retirement, you write those things out and that's, that's setting up those goals. And now we want to help you get to the area where you can actually start achieving those goals. And number one is setting goal priorities. Let me say that again. Number one is to set priorities for each of your goals. And what usually trips people up is when they do this exercise, you've got, let's say, like 20 goals that you want to do in retirement, and then you're looking at this, and you're like, try to do it all at once. You're like, oh, I'm diving right in. And it's like, okay, I just took off the water wings and dove in the deep end. Don't even quite know how to swim yet. It can be overwhelming. So don't do that. You want to basically, you know, do the old, um, what is it, the the how do you eat an elephant, kind of one bite at a time. And you can do what, what a, lot of, a lot of times people say, set mini goals to hit your major goal. What are the steps that are going to help you tackle, um, that are going to help you achieve that goal? Because at the end of the day, if you try to do everything at once, you're going to end up feeling overwhelmed and stressed, which is why it's so important to set priorities so that you can focus your energy on where it's needing the most. And so as we walk through this, you know, you, you want to look back and, and it's all about I guess the best way I can, can say this, it's about balance, right? Because once you're into retirement, obviously the finances, you know, as an investment advisor, I'm my job is to manage the finances to help you pay for all the things that you want to do in retirement. But you've really got like four other key other areas that you're in control of. I can help control the finance part, but once you start getting into like health and maybe you know, being involved in the community or continuing to grow and learn even though you're in retirement or giving back, you know, maybe through charities, whatever that looks like, there's these other areas of your life of retirement that the finances help to pay for. But those areas are really the main areas that you are in control of. And again, this just ties right back to making sure that you've got a plan in place to uh, to hit those goals. So the second step um, to achieving retirement goals, and these build on top of one, one another, and I mentioned it a little bit before, is to create micro steps. And, and you can do what's called micro-stepping your way to a successful retirement. One of the biggest mistakes people make is thinking they need to do, again, everything at once. But that's not realistic. Instead, you want to break your goals down into small, manageable pieces that you can work on a little bit each day. And again, this, this goes back to calling these micro steps to help you reach that end goal. And what ultimately happens is when you, when you use this kind of formula of setting mini goals or, or micro steps, it helps to get rid of procrastination and it helps you to get stuff done. 
And there's even some research that's been done um, by Stanford that suggests that you can even increase your motivation and chances of success by focusing on these small sub-goals instead of just the overall goal, which can be overwhelming. And, and so what would something like that look like? You know, an, an example. Um, well, I mean, like, what if you wanted to write a book? I know a lot of people, I've been told by a lot of, of our clients, is like, well, now that I've got time in retirement, I want to write a book. And, and I can, you know, I, I understand how that is because I've written a book. So I know exactly how it's feeling. Um, but again, it can be overwhelming. And I remember the first time I, I, I sat down and went, okay, I'm going to start my book. I just kind of stared up my com- computer screen and went, um, okay, how do I do this? Well, you, again, it goes back to being prepared and setting up goals and setting up you know, a way to, 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 to eat the elephant one bite at a time. One way to do that would be maybe to, to do your research first. You know, Research whatever idea it is that you have and maybe set a time aside each day until you really have those ideas and you know that you really want to land upon maybe set aside whatever 20 30 minutes a day until you come up with that solid idea that you want to write about and then after that you start coming up with specific amounts of time per day um, to maybe work on the title and the outline the chapters that you're going to write what what are the sub chapters what are those things going to be and you know you have to take the time to, to write all this stuff out and so maybe take 20, again, 20, 30 minutes a day. If you can do an hour, that's fine. Personally, I found that about 30 minutes a day of dedicated time on the book was where I could get my best work done. And then it's like, okay, I'm good. I'm done for the day. I, got I have other stuff I need to do today. And then you find out, you just, you wake up one day and you're like, oh, I got a book. So anyway, I kind of jumped ahead. Um, the next thing after you've kind of worked on your outline now, you have that, you've got a working title, maybe start, you know, the writing process. You know, how many words a day can you can you realistically put down on paper? Is it 500? Is it 1,000 words a day? And then you'll just start to get into that mode. And then you go back and you edit. And so you, I think you're kind of getting the idea here. That was just an example of writing a book because I've heard that so often. But um, but again, it's, it's that idea of, of setting up you know, a strategy and a plan to, to work through. And then the next thing you know, you've hit your goal. Number three, be smart. Have you heard this, this, there's a goal setting method called SMART. And I think it's actually pretty smart. And SMART stands for a couple of different words here. The S in SMART stands for being specific. And that means the more specific your goal, the better your plan and actionable steps toward actually achieving the goal. And then the M in SMART is measurable. If you can measure your progress, you can see how it's going, you are way more likely to stay on track. And then A is for achievable, making sure that your goal is realistic, that it's achievable, so that you don't get overwhelmed, you don't get discouraged along the way, and then ultimately just kind of set up some kind of a pipe dream that never gets done. Um, the next word, that the R, is relevant. Choose a goal that aligns with your values and what's important to you again this goes back to you know everybody's an individual everybody's got their ideas about about what it is that they want to accomplish and do so make sure that that your your goals are aligning with your core values and you stick to that and then the t in smart is time bound give yourself a deadline and that's going to help you be accountable to yourself so that you don't get sidetracked that you stick to your schedule you know, it's the same thing like with working out. Most people fail at working out because they don't schedule it. 
It doesn't become something that they do every day at the same time every day. It's, it's a cycle. It's scheduled. And that's how you can measure it and be accountable to yourself. So be smart. That's number three. Number four is make your life goals tangible. And again, this um, in line with the smart way is writing them down. It's, it does wonders for staying motivated, you guys. When you can write down your goals and stay motivated, it's huge. I'm a big proponent of being able to look at your goals every single day. Read them out loud. I do that with my own goals, my business goals, my personal goals. I say them out loud. There's something just about mentally picturing your goals and then and then speaking them out loud. I don't know. There's just something to that. It, it just helps. Number five, identify any potential obstacles that might come down the way. If you can help offset obstacles before they happen, oh, it makes your life so much easier. Anyone who's ever tried to achieve a goal knows that obstacles are inevitable. They're going to come. But what separates successful people from those who fail is the ability to identify and overcome them before they happen. So this is where some self-awareness kind of comes in. And you've already kind of heard, alluded to self-awareness stuff where I talk to myself and say my goals out loud. But, you know, setting up uh, the ability to to overcome obstacles, write those down so that when they come, they don't just jump in your way. Number six, get an accountability partner. This is huge. You know, calling a friend, um, maybe calling a family member. I I would actually say don't use your spouse if you're still married. I mean, you know, you can use your spouse, tell them what you're doing, obviously, but get an outside accountability partner that can really just slap you in the face or kick you in the butt when needed. And I tell you what, it's one of the best ways to achieve your goals. Find somebody who's going to hold you accountable. And then number seven, I want you to celebrate your successes, no matter how big or how small. Don't forget to celebrate success along the way. Life goals in retirement are often about big wins, but equally as important are the little ones inside your progress. And then take the time to enjoy every step of the way because there's no goal that's too small to celebrate. Every step that you take is going to get you closer to that ultimate goal. So have fun with this. Um, it's fun to do this planning and it's fun to set those goals. And, um, and I just I always have a good time achieving that with my clients and and when they 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 hit a goal in retirement that they've been dreaming about maybe it's a trip whatever it is fill in the blank I love it when they tell me about it and bring me in on it and it's uh it's very very rewarding you guys when I'm going to take a quick break when I come back I'll be heading into my mailbag segment in IRA FAQs so don't go anywhere I'll be back in two minutes You're listening to Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally. You've heard me say it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedoms you need to live your dream retirement. When it comes to the health side, I want to tell you about my family's personal chiropractor, Dr. Todd Royce, owner of Chiropractic First. Not only does he adjust us and get us back to our active lives, he teaches us about ongoing nutrition and living healthier. If you have any pain or stiffness in your back or neck, I want you to call Chiropractic First today at 243-0889. Mention Patrick for a free consultation. You don't need to live with pain or discomfort anymore. Call Dr. Todd at 243-0889 or visit online at CairoFirst.net. Did you know that when I'm not here doing the show, I run Retirement Lifestyles Advisors, an independent registered investment advisory firm specializing in retirement income planning and managing investments for people who are currently retired or are getting close. I've been in financial services for over 22 years now and hosted this show for over 10. With a little bit of good planning, you can have peace of mind and a great retirement, and I'd love to help. If you would like to get more information or to learn about how you can work with us, visit PatrickMcNally.com. That's Patrick. 
patrickmcnally.com. Are you worried about the current U.S. economy, inflation, the pandemic? Then it's time to schedule a free retirement checkup call with Patrick. The world is changing every day, and your life savings is too important to be at risk. If you want to feel confident and secure in retirement, then simply visit talktopatrick.com and reserve a free checkup call on his calendar. Remember the website, talktopatrick.com. Don't wait. This is too important. Talktopatrick.com. The number one cause of bankruptcy in retirement is healthcare-related costs. So fitness needs to be a part of your financial planning. Check out my gym, Strong City Strength and Conditioning, right down on Victor Avenue. They have a new group class called Longevity on Tuesdays and Thursdays, designed for people age 55 and better. If you want to have fun and get fit, then visit StrongCitySTRENGTHANDCONDITIONING.COM. That's StrongCitySTRENGTHANDCONDITIONING.COM. Mention the show and get your first week for free. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. If you are just joining me, this is Retirement Lifestyles. I'm your host, Patrick McNally, and we are headed into uh, the mailbag segment and the IRA, Frequently Asked Questions, segment of the show. Mailbag is one of my favorite segments because it's where I can bring in comments, questions from not only our listening audiences, but I also get a lot of really good um information from Facebook posts that I'm a part of. And one of my favorite um, Facebook groups is called Retired or Thinking Retirement. And um, just a lot of great people. I think there's, I think they're up to like 26,000 people on that group, which is amazing. And um, just some great posts, comments, um, questions, not only about like investing and stuff like that, but just kind of life in general and and a lot of cool stuff. So if you are on Facebook, I'm going to give a little pitch, a little shameless plug here for the group Retired or Thinking Retirement. If you're on Facebook, you got to check them out. Become a member, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, every once in a while, I want to pull out some comments from the group, and, and I get permission from um, from the people who post that to bring them on the show, keeping all their information private. And this one was just kind of perfect timing. I was going to actually talk about this today anyway. But the the debt ceiling and the whole fear right now about the government potentially defaulting um, on its debt. And <clears throat> it seems like it's it's always something. I'm, I'm trying to really not go down too many rabbit holes when it comes to the fluctuations of the market and comparing that to what's coming out of the government or, you know, the tabloids and stuff like that. But this was just perfect timing. And, and a post came out on on um, that Facebook group, Retired to Thinking Retirement. And, and I'm just going to read it right now and then walk through this. And it says, I'm not looking for a political debate, so please don't turn it into one. Please keep this strictly financial. Are you doing anything with your portfolio with the threat of a possible default? We are retired but fairly young, so never changed our portfolio to less aggressive. Then the market tanked and has slowly been coming back, so wanted to leave things as they were. I'm thinking it might be a good idea to move everything to a money market account for a few months. I know we will lose any market gains if an agreement is made, but I don't think the market would shoot up. So what would what would we, quote, lose in gains would be minimal. But we could lose a heck of a lot more if an agreement isn't made. 
we do have a FA, financial advisor, so I plan to talk to them this week, but I'm curious as to what others are doing with this potential problem. That is a great comment, very timely. I know a lot of people are thinking it out there. I've actually got a few phone calls from people, you know, in our area of Northern California here asking the same kind of questions. And you don't have to go very far. You can jump on Google and just Google top stories, government default. And the first thing that comes up is Janet Yellen's face looking like she's about, you know, ready to pass out. And then all these these headlines you know, U.S. could default on its debt by June 1st, Janet Yellen warns. Treasury Yellen says U.S. could default. You know, so you got all this stuff. I, I have to say this. You got to look beyond, you know, what's actually going on here. Yes, we could default. And, and I want to talk about that and what actually could potentially happen if the U.S. defaults on its debt. I want to walk through that. But I also want to do it through the lens of what else is going on here? You know, what... What's behind the scenes? To me, the big overwhelming thing that stands out is that using this kind of information, using this kind of, these headlines that cause people anxiety, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to shake the markets up a little bit. That's exactly what it does. But at the end of the day, it's a giant bargaining chip for the left and the right to get together to try to get stuff done that they've been wanting to get done. So they use it as a, you know, a carrot. To, uh, to do whatever it is they want. I mean, you can go to the, the White House's website, and it talks about it right here. Um, the most recent letter I found was actually back in 2021, where it says, life after default. And the whole letter is, I don't want to read this whole thing to you, but if you read it, it basically just goes into, you know, basically America will just crumble and we'll never, we won't be able to pay Social Security benefits or Medicare benefits. We're going to close down all the national parks. And, you know, it's just a global meltdown if we don't, you know, something like this doesn't happen. So you can go to the, you know, the White House and read that if you want to. But there's a couple of other good articles out there that says, what actually happens if the U.S. defaults? Because the, the, the rising risk of a default could push some investors to move money into either international equities and, or foreign government bonds. And just like this post says right here, it gets us thinking one thing. Do we need to do something? Whenever we see bad news about the markets or about the government defaulting on debts or not paying its obligations or spending too much money, which is the only thing they freaking know how to do, is spend money that they don't have. You know, whenever we hear stuff like that and then the, the market starts getting a little jittery, we feel like we have to do something. And it, it kind of reminds me back in 2011 when this, when this happened, um, the same kind of thing came out. You know, political gridlock all over Washington, over the debt ceiling. And it, what it basically did back in 2011 was it, it sparked a pretty big stock sell-off. And yeah, it took us to the brink of default. You know, that's when our country lost its triple A rating. You guys remember that? From Standard & Poor's, we actually got downgraded. Everybody freaked out. Um, so when you, when you look at that, and you, and you note that that year, the S&P fell 15% once that information came out, right? Okay, but what, but what did the S&P actually end the year at in 2011? Well, I'm glad you asked because I got the numbers right here. If you look at the historical numbers of the S&P, we started the year off in 2011. The S&P was at 1,267.64. Okay, 
Then go through the next 12 months of all the crap that goes on, all the media, all the stories, the debt crisis, that's just the big one right now, and then we come to the end of the year, and what actually happened? The S&P ended the year at 1,257.6, which was really the first time in history where the S&P had a full year of neither a gain nor a loss. That's right. It ended the year at basically 0.00% in terms of a loss or a gain. I remember that year because I was doing the radio show and we kind of flipped out. We're like, we knew it was going to happen one of these days when the S&P had neither a loss or a gain. But that's what happened. In the year that we're now starting to see again with this whole you know, U.S. default, you need to remember, guys, there's always going to be something going on in the markets. And in fact, I want to bring this up. I want to bring up a great, uh, I'm on Facebook right now as I'm looking at this. Some of the comments to um, this statement, really, really good. A lot of people saying, you know, have cash on hand for a couple of years so we can hold steady, no high-risk investments. Um, you know, a lot of people talking about moving to cash. One person says, the short answer to your question is not much. I made some minor adjustments to my equity and fixed income percentages, but my general approach is to stay the course. I love that. And then, and then they say, I currently have a slightly higher percentage of my portfolio in fixed income due to the uncertainty of the markets and, and the abundance of CDs close to 5%. I like that too. You can transfer some of that risk over to the bank. You got FDIC, put it in some CDs, get a guaranteed interest rate. Interest rates are higher right now. I wouldn't do stuff that's long-term because of inflation, but if it makes you feel a little safer to maybe transfer some of that over, it might be a possibility. This person also goes on to say, but between COVID, inflation, supply chain issues, Ukraine, interest rates, political infighting, etc., 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 it seems like there is an endless parade of things that could upset the markets and there probably always will be. Now, this person says probably always will be. I'm going to say there always will be. And then they go on to say, I'm not going to do much as far as trying to time it. Staying the course has worked for me for the last 40 years. That was a great comment to this comment. And I would just say this is to absolutely, so to the, the, uh, the writer of this original post, um, they end with, we do have a financial advisor, so I plan to talk to them. Absolutely. Talk to your financial advisors. Talk to your trusted advisors out there. And review your planning. Definitely take a look at what you own, why you own it. Ask these questions to your financial advisor. Don't feel bad. If you don't understand what you own, you need to remember you employ your financial advisor. You need to feel comfortable asking pointed questions. Why do I own this? What is this? What what do I own? Is it a mutual fund? Is it a stock? Is it a bond? Is it a T bit? What is this that I own? And what what part does it play in the overall portfolio? What part does it play in my overall planning? Because you need to understand. Now you maybe don't want to nerd out and you know go so deep that your eyes roll in the back of your head. I mean that's why you hired a financial advisor. But you at least need to have a working knowledge of what you own and why and also what it's costing you to own it. And a lot of times at the end of the day, when you do a review of your planning, it often helps alleviate a lot of the anxiety and a lot of the fear that we have when something comes up in the media. 
And that that was going to kind of go to this point, is that a lot of times we don't look at historical data to help us even feel a little bit better. Let me tell you this. And since we talked about 2011, you know, that was when the big, the, the, the huge debt ceiling crunch, when everybody was freaking out again. So from that time till now, what is that, 12 years? In the last 12 years, out of 12 years, the market's gone down three times. It's ended the year, should I say, not gone down. Let me rephrase that. Let me start over. In the last 12 years, the market has ended the year negative three times. So after 2011, it was zero. 2012, positive 13 and a half. 2013, positive 29%. 2014, positive 11.39%. 2015, oh, here's one of our negatives. It was negative 0.73. And then the next year, positive 9.5%. The next year, positive 19%. The next year, oh, 2018, we had a negative, what was it? Negative 6.24%. 2019, positive 28.88%, 16%, 26%. Then we get to 2022. I know a lot of people on on Facebook, a lot of people I talk to, they're kind of talking about 2022. We all felt that one, right? S&P was down 19%. 2023 so far, it's up 8.5%. When we look at the historical aspect of the markets, you need to remember that it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. So what if you flip this from a fear thing? What if you flip this whole debt debacle thing, defaulting on the U.S.? Isn't that, what if you flip that and said, you know what? What if this is a buying opportunity? What if there's companies out there right now that are trading at a value because of all the stuff going on? They're out there. But our natural inclination because we're emotionally tied to our money is to sell what we're doing right now and run to cash. That might be appropriate, but most of the time it's not. Most of the time it's not. Because you got to remember that the you know prices are already baked into what you're seeing in the market. So basically what happens right now is if you sell and you're down right now, you're locking in your losses. That's the only time you lose in the market is when you sell if the market's down. If you give it time to come back, um, history has just proved that it does. Okay, guys, that was my mailbag segment. I'm going to transition my way now. And um, I want to say thank you to the author of that Facebook post. Um, Very timely. And like I said, it was perfect timing that I was going to be talking about the debt ceiling anyway. And there we go. So next, I'm going to head into my IRA FAQs, IRA Frequently Asked Questions. And this one just kind of stuck. I was kind of, I don't want to say it's funny. Because whenever we talk about like like death, um, I don't know, maybe it's just the way I was raised we always talked about finances stuff around the dinner table. We talked about estate planning. We talked about, you know, it, it was kind of a wide open forum in my household. Most families, I guess, aren't like that, I have have found out. Um, my wife came from a family that was not like that. So, But anyway, we would talk about death, and it wasn't that big of a deal. So sometimes I, I kind of tongue in cheek. But this question says, can an IRA or Roth IRA contribution be made for a deceased person in the year of death. So I just kind of, that question kind of caught me off guard. Can the dead person make a contribution? I guess this would be the spouse asking, can you make a contribution for this person who has passed away? And the answer is actually pretty simple. The IRS says no, because a dead person has no need to fund a retirement plan. They actually, the IRS says that. Um, So who can argue with that logic? You must, however, take a final RMD 
if the deceased is past the required beginning date for RMDs, any remaining amounts of the year of death required distributions must go to the beneficiary. And the distribution never goes to the, uh, the decedent, you know, made after their name or to the estate. Um, well, I guess unless the estate is named as the beneficiary, which I would tell you not to do that. That's another show. Um, the RMD of the year, the RMD for the year of death is what the deceased IRA owner, the IRA owner should have taken. So RMDs are calculated, as you know, on December 31st of the previous year. So whatever your account balance ended at December 31st, let's say 2022, and let's say this person died in February. So they would calculate the RMD, which was based on the end of the year 2022, and that's what needs to be pulled from the account, even though the person has already passed away. It's a final required distribution. And a lot of people ask, well, what happens if you know we don't take it by the end of the year? Or the government, the the IRS is actually a, a little. This is one of the very few times the IRS is actually lenient when it comes to required distributions. But they're only lenient for a certain amount of time. So you want to take that as soon as you possibly can. Um, otherwise, there could potentially be you could potentially be subjected to that 50% late required distribution penalty. So talk to your talk to your tax people and make sure that you're doing that right. And then the next, you know, course of action is to do if you're married, you know, if your beneficiary and this was your spouse, to do consider a spousal rollover into your own IRA. And then um, and then moving forward, you take the RMDs from there. So that was that question. I've got, still got some time. I'm going to go through one more on the IRA FAQs because this one was kind of important. A lot of times, you guys know how, if you listen to my show before, you know how much I love Roth IRAs. And I've done an entire show on, you know, the reasons to fund a Roth IRA. Well, I kind of flipped the script a little bit. And I'm going to give you five reasons why you shouldn't open, shouldn't, should not open a Roth IRA. And, and I'm just going to go through these real quick. Number one, you've got no earned income. To be eligible to open a Roth, or a traditional for that matter, with a contribution, you must have compensation, wages, salary, commission, or other dollars, W-2 income received for services. Things that do not qualify as comp include pensions, annuity income, interest income, capital gains, and yes, Social Security benefits do not count as income. So no compensation equals no Roth contribution. All right, number two. You have too much earned income. At the other end of the spectrum are the people who make too much money and they cannot contribute to a Roth IRA. And those phase-out ranges for Roth IRA eligibility in 2023 are 218000 to 228000 for those filing married and joint. And then there's the other filers as well. So know your numbers before you try to contribute to a Roth IRA. Number three reason to not put money into a Roth IRA is you need the money soon. If you need access to your Roth IRA contributions, tax and penalty free, but if you you can access those after five years, but if you need the money for a big purchase soon, or if you need that money for daily living expenses, it doesn't make sense to do that. It does not make sense to go through the process of opening the Roth now. And it's especially true if you're under the age of 59 and a half. Number four reason to not fund a Roth IRA, your beneficiary is going to be a charity. Charities don't pay income tax. So if your goal is to leave your IRA to a charity, then you definitely do not want to fund an IRA. Why pay taxes on the dollars yourself and then go out of your way to create a tax-free income source for an entity that doesn't pay taxes anyway? 
Instead, if you're going to make a charity your beneficiary, fund a traditional IRA. You get the deduction, if you're eligible, and in the end, the charity gets the money and they don't pay taxes on the IRA dollars either. Boom! Sorry, Uncle Sam, just playing by your rules. Ha ha. No taxes for you. And then number five, you just don't trust the government to keep its tax-free promise. Yet, tax laws are basically written in pencil. We all know that. And is it is it possible that they try to go back on Roth IRAs and, and say, nope, we're gonna, we decided we're going to tax you guys. Yeah, I guess it is possible, but I don't think it's going to happen. In fact, they're coming out with all kinds of, of uh, seems like they love IRAs. Uh, with Secure 2.0, with all the new options, Roth SEPs, Roth Simples, and Roth Employer Matching. I don't know. Sounds like they actually like the Roth IRA. You know why? Because they need tax revenue right now. Hey, guys, that's uh, my wrap-up for Mailbag. IRA FAQs. If you got questions, would love to hear from you. If you haven't yet, I want you to visit patrickmcnally.com. That's patrickmcnally.com. You can, number one, download a free copy of my book. You can get reports and checklists. You can listen to past shows, all kinds of awesome stuff on there. And while you're there, schedule a free 30-minute phone call with me, and we'll have a great conversation. When I come back, I'm going to wrap this all up and give you some action items that you can implement right away. Don't go anywhere. Back in two minutes. Don't touch that dial. Patrick will be right back. Hey guys, Dr. Todd Royce from Chiropractic First in downtown Reading. It blows my mind how many people live in pain, but they don't have to. How many people put up with headaches and back pain and can't play golf or pick up their kids or grandkids? We often have permanent solutions to pain where people didn't think it was even possible. Come check us out at our downtown Reading office or call our office at 243-0889 or visit us on the web at chirofirstreading.com. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. Okay, you guys, we made it. It is of the show. This is the action items and the wrap up. And as always, been having a lot of fun here. If you missed any of the first part, or if you're just joining right now, uh, it's retirement lifestyles. And basically, what you can do is, if you want to catch the show, a uh, number of ways. You can visit patrickmcnally.com, and up in the right hand corner, click on podcast. You can listen to the show from there. Uh, this one will be uploaded probably within the next half hour or so. And, um, and while you're there, uh, make sure you, you follow us, uh, go to iTunes or Pandora, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you follow and you will get updates on the most recent shows. If you got questions, wanted to reach out to us and schedule a phone call on the website as well, down in the bottom corner, you'll see a little button that says schedule a phone call with Patrick. My calendar comes up, find a day and a time that works for you, and I can't wait to hear from you. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Guys, in the first part of the show, the number one action item I want to give you, um, again, as we as we kind of walk through this, today we talked about personal and professional goals. That was the main show title. The month is all about retirement goals and values. So number one thing on our action items I want to give you today is scheduling your free time. Taking control of your time is super, super important, and, and we touched on that, you know, as well as a whole lot of things in that first segment, but when you actually schedule your free time, you make it a priority 
to write down your goals and then once you've written down your goals you it's almost like the right you the how do you eat an elephant right one bite at a time back into that and do mini goals to reach your big goal you know what i'm saying and each day you're going to maybe do something different there now whether it's personal it's professional you want to carve off time on your calendar to get those things done. Now, through that segment, I walk through seven steps to help achieve your retirement goals. So don't have time to go into that right now, but listen to that segment again, and uh, you will definitely get a lot out of that. The next action item I want to talk to you about is if you are concerned right now about a possible government shutdown, about a default, that's kind of big on the radar right now. Um, every other news article is talking about it. Here's what I'm going to tell you to do. If you're concerned about that, I want you to review your current planning. I want you to take a step back and look at the full picture about what's going on, what you can control and what you can't control. What you can control is the planning, your planning, how you're invested, how you've set up your retirement. If you're working with an advisor, it's a great time to go and do a review. Make sure you know exactly what you're invested in, why you're invested in it, and make sure that it's still a part of the planning that you want, that it, that it gives you the peace of mind that you're looking for. Because guys, this whole default stuff, it's always something. It's always going to be a road bump. There's always going to be some kind of a catastrophe going on. In that segment I mentioned back in 2011 when the last huge default, you know, we hear about it from time to time, but 2011 was the big one where it affected the market. But again, you need to, you need to look at that from a bigger perspective. How did the year end? Even though it made the market go down like it's 15% that year, the market came back up. We ended the year flat. So I want to remind you to look at the annual returns and that gives you a bigger picture, not just the daily stuff, because that'll freak you out. All right, number three, if you are interested in a Roth, um, these are the things that I want you to understand. You need to understand the different nuances of Roth planning. Now, you've heard me, if you've ever heard the show, you talk, uh, you've heard me talk about how much I love Roth IRAs, but today I talked about five reasons to not fund a Roth IRA. So, Definitely want to go through that again, but if you're looking at the Roth, if you're looking at Roth 401k, you need to understand some of the nuances that go with that so that you can plan accordingly. All right, guys, a little preview of the show next week. Definitely want to tune in. I'm going to be giving um, some different thoughts on the meaning of money. What does money mean to you? Super important to, to pin that down so that it's going to help with your planning definitely in retirement. So thoughts on the meaning of money. Again, visit patrickmcnally.com. That's patrickmcnally.com. I want to hear from you. You can send me questions. I'll read them on the show. Would love to answer those in the mailbag and schedule a free phone call with me. You guys, that is it for the show. And I always want to end up by saying, I wish you the best in retirement. Have you seen us so bad and